0: Welcome to the Joy Revolution Podcast, where you'll stop letting the chaos of adulting fuck with your joy of living. Because can we all agree that adulting is a lot? All the responsibilities, obligations, chores, all the things you gotta do so that you can look like you've got it all together. But that's only half the story. What about how your life feels on your inside? How come no one ever taught you about that? I'm Elizabeth Wallace, a certified integrative life coach here to school you on the essential skills of working with your internal world, your emotions, your nervous system, your bodily sensations, and your thoughts so that you can close the gap between a life that looks good on paper and a life that actually feels good to you on your insides. Let's dig in. All right, hello, hello, and welcome back to the Joy Revolution podcast. This week, as promised last week when I made an episode about not having an episode, (laughs) we're gonna talk about betting on joy. And it's gonna be a little bit of story time about the three decisions that I have made where I have bet on joy. And I'm going to use these stories as an illustration for what it actually means to bet on joy, what it requires, and how you can begin to try it on, and how to decide if you even want to try it on. All right, so what do I even mean when I say that I have made some pretty big decisions in my life by betting on joy? What I mean is our actions and our behaviors Our decisions and our choices are driven by the way that we feel. Our emotions, our sensations, our nervous system state. As much as we'd like to think that it is rational, logical thought that drives the things that we choose and do, it's actually the way that we feel in the moment and the way that we think those decisions and choices will make us feel. And until we learn How to choose the feeling state and the nervous system state that we use to make choices and decisions, most likely, and this is a generalization, but most likely your decisions and your choices will come from whatever nervous system pattern you formed in childhood, whether it is always seeking safety or always people-pleasing or a fight or a flight state, right? you will make decisions in the way that your body, your unconscious mind thinks is the safest way for you. And that's really awesome, right? Like we we want our unconscious mind to be looking out for our safety. But when you take a look at your life and you wonder how the heck did I get here? This isn't, really the life that I want to be living. This feels like settling. I have everything on paper, but it doesn't feel good to me. Then we get to look at, well, where have you been making your decisions and your choices from? And how can you more consciously and intentionally make a shift so that you can feel better in life? Now, I know that we have had two other podcast episodes on the Art of Making Decisions, those are episodes 19 and 20. But for the purpose of this conversation, I want to frame decisions a little bit differently to see how this lands for you. And I want to start by saying I am not a gambling person. <laughs> it is not my MO. I didn't grow up in a family that gambled a lot at or at all really, except that. We gamble every day. (laughs) We place bets every day through the choices that we make because we don't know what the future holds. And so we place our bets on the choices that we make, the decisions that we make, getting us what we want. And when it goes unchecked your brain and your unconscious mind will place bets on safety i am going to you know guide her this way to and and you know unconsciously run this program so that she remains safe i'm going to place my place my bet on safety place my bet on safety place my bet on safety right, and this is was very much how i how i lived my life until i was 30 years old and in 2017 i Remember coming home from work and uh, sitting down on the couch. I was working in fundraising at the time, and thinking, like, is this it? Truly, is this it for my life? Like, I feel so numb, so safe. I have a good job, a good title. Um, I I live in a great place. I have a partner. I just got a dog. But is this it? I felt like I had placed my bets really well and I had won, right? I had gotten all the things that I thought I wanted, but the payout didn't feel good. It didn't feel the way that I wanted a payout to feel. So then I had to start looking at, well, where am I placing my bets? Now, up until that time, I had held very, quote unquote, good jobs in fundraising at well-regarded institutions, (laughs) which... I just have to laugh at now, but you know, raises every year, promotions, title changes. You know, and these are not bad things or I'm these are not things that I am judging. Just for me, they were not giving me the joy that I was actually seeking when I paused to think, what am I missing in my life? So, if any of you have heard me tell my story before, I decided to do a yoga teacher training simply as an experiment to see if I could commit to something for more than like a freaking hour because I was so numb and felt so dead that I was like I don't even know am I even going to am I even going to show up to all the sessions can I do that? And I did go. I did show up and I remember the very first night it was at a yoga studio that I had actually never been to before. And I walked through the doors, I sat down, and I remember, this is a whole other topic for an episode, but I walked in with the, like, openness, with openness, like, I have never felt before. Just like, we're just going to see what this experience, where this experience takes me. But about 10 minutes into the class, I realized, holy shit, this is essentially public speaking. Like, teaching yoga is essentially public speaking, and oh my God, I was terrified of public speaking. Like I was that girl where if I had to talk in a meeting, I would turn bright red. I would black out beforehand. I would black out during. It would take me 20 minutes to like come to after I spoke. I would have hives, sweating. Like it, it was like my worst nightmare. So my first night I was like, holy shit. Like what did I think this was? This is public speaking. Then I thought to myself, Elizabeth, you cannot not go after the first night, you have to continue to go. So I did. And there was a very distinct moment where in our yoga teacher training, like in many, we had to start to stand up and teach. And when I stood up to teach for the very first time, feeling scared shitless, I shocked myself by loving it standing up that first time I don't think I'll ever forget it it felt like coming home it felt like oh this is what I have been waiting for all right so then fast forward okay I did my yoga teacher training and I remember telling my mom oh but like I'm not gonna teach and then I started teaching And I remember telling my mom, but don't worry, I'll never quit my job and become a yoga teacher. Until six months later, when the nine to five that I was in became toxically untenable. And I was really, truly faced with these different parts of myself, the professional life that I had been cultivating over the last decade of my working career, and this new part of myself that brought me so much joy and creativity and freedom right at this moment i remember this opportunity worked opened up at the yoga studio that i was working at to become an assistant studio manager and so many of my to this day most wonderful and dear dear friends come from that place um, and I thought to myself, holy shit, like, oh my god, I really want to do this. But the salary was less than 50% of what I was making in my 9 to 5. The schedule was Wildly different. I would have to work one weekend day. My days would probably be offset, and I would be there um, many evenings. I would be leading teacher trainings, which meant staying there until um, midnight, basically, (laughs) or getting home at midnight. Right. So there were all of these things that were these kind of red warning signs of like danger, danger, danger in my brain and in my body of like this isn't safe. You can't take an over fifty percent pay cut. You can't have a life where everything is upended and and off kilter. But in my gut, in the bottom of my kind of soul, I was like, "Oh, but I really want to do this. There is such deep desire for this." I agonized it for an entire an entire weekend. Like I think I'm talking 24 hours a day of the weekend talking with my partner. And here's what was unique about this bet on joy. I was pretty sure that the way that I would be spending my time, the way my life would actually look if I said yes to this opportunity would be really joyful. But where my fear came from or the resistance was on a logistical, actual safety level, can I do this with the amount that they're paying me and what this will do to the lifestyle that I have. Right? Because I have a partner at home who works a nine to five. When am I gonna when am I gonna see them? Right. And so I learned it was in this decision-making process that I learned my first lessons in how to bet on joy. And the first thing that I really, really learned was to differentiate within myself what is the voice of fear and what is the voice of desire. And with this particular decision, it was so very clear to me that I really could almost see those two parts of myself as though they were sitting across the table from me. And I got to say to the fear side, like, hey, I've been making my decisions up until this point, listening to your point of view, listening to what you think is best, you know, continue on in this fundraising field, get the raises, get the promotions, that's the good stuff. But we haven't tried following desire yet. And so I'm going to experiment with that. Now, some of the key pieces that allowed me to actually take the job and move and take this left turn in my career was really, really reassuring myself that no matter what, I could figure it out. If this didn't work out, I could get another fundraising job. Really assuring myself I have connections. I have a huge body of work in the fundraising world. It wouldn't be a problem for me to go and get a new fundraising job if I needed that. And that was very reassuring, right? That was me leaning into and grounding into my own capabilities and also reminding myself like, hey, self, I've got you. If this doesn't go the way we hope it will when we place this bet on desire and joy, then we can go another way, okay? And it turned out that that was one of the best decisions I have ever made in my entire life. It It is teaching yoga full time and managing that studio and meeting the people that I got to meet and being a part of the trainings that I got to be a part of utterly shifted and opened doors for me in my own brain and my own um, uh set of interests and skills that I never would have tapped into had I stayed in my fundraising nine to five. It is truly, I think, how I got to coaching was it started the moment I said yes to taking a yoga teacher training and then amped right on up when I decided to take this left turn and bet on my own joy and happiness and have my back no matter what came of that bet. So then fast forward, I actually want to tell you a little bit about a moment where I did not bet on joy <laughs> um, and how that worked out for me. And then I'll share two other examples of where I have bet on joy and how that's gotten, gotten me to the place where I am today. So I had taken that yoga job. I had held a couple of different positions within the company. And over time, it became clear that it, it just wasn't the right fit for the person and relationship that I had evolved into with my partner. I wanted and needed to spend more time with my partner to have more of that reliability, right? Like like going back to about three minutes ago when I was like, we don't know how this is going to go. Is it logistically going to work? It did for a while and it was the best thing for that period of time and then it wasn't. And I freaked out. I freaked out and I was like, oh my God, I did what I what my historical pattern was. And I, I, I'm a flight person, so I fled. I went and I got myself a very solid, um, high-paying, good-titled, close-to-home, nine-to-five job that on day one, I was like, oh my God, I hate this. It was utter misery for me. It really, truly felt like the universe or whoever handed me everything that was the antithesis to joy on a platter with that job and was like, deal with your shit, Elizabeth. (laughs) Go figure it out, right? So that I was like totally making a decision and a choice based back in that fear, uh, stability, safety uh, perspective and it just sort of was a very stark example of, oh, that – That isn't how I want to make my big life decisions at this point. So fast forward again, and we have a pandemic, and I had decided to do a coach training program, my first certification program that I went through, literally never even entertaining the idea that I would have my own business. Goodness, oh Lord, no. I never thought I would be someone who would own their own business business and schedule and work. Never in a zillion years. And um fast forward a couple months, it became clear through the through the coach training program that indeed I did want to start my own business and leave my nine to five. And it did seem possible, but in no in no what was it? It was September of 2020. Yes, many people were quitting their jobs. Right. The Um, the sort of that, what was it like the quitting revolution or whatever it was, it was being called in the news. Anyways, I toyed, no, no, toyed isn't the word. I agonized over the decision to start my own business and go all in on myself for months, months, months. During my program, we were doing a lot of practice coaching with one another and I got coached hundreds of times on quitting my job and starting my own business and it was Utterly terrifying, right? There's all the logistical details of how, what do you do about health insurance? What do you do about retirement? Do you how do you, how do you start an LLC? Like right? I mean, for someone with ADHD, like that part was like, oh hell no, I don't think I can do that. But then there's the very real fear-driven um, dialogue of well, what if what if you can't do it? What if? it flops what if no one wants coaching what if no one will pay you what if this is all just a pipe dream you shouldn't even try because you don't want to be disappointed and then like and then what right and I had to really work through um, answering all those questions for myself right so so what if this doesn't go well so what if no one pays for coaching so what if what if what if And as I was answering those questions for myself, sort of soothing and calming my brain around those, I was also being pulled along and tugged along by that same feeling of desire that I had when I was considering taking that very first job working at a yoga studio. And it is a very particular feeling. It's almost like a deep, steady, low knowing that is rock solid underneath all of the vibrational surface of all the what ifs. Like That's what it feels like inside of me. And again, when it came time to make the decision, I walked myself through a very similar process that I did when considering taking the, the yoga, yoga, yoga job, which was, hey, we want to take a chance on the the potential that this will really work out because we don't know the future anyway so let's place a bet that it's going to work let's let's put our chips down on yep you're going to have a successful business and then ground into my own sense of self-trust and all my capabilities of and if it doesn't then I have connections and skills and capabilities that can get me a job. I can ask for help, right? I really, really, really backed myself up, not from a place of not really believing that I could do it, but from a place of, no matter what happens, I am going to be okay. Building in that that sense of self, created safety the kind of safety that doesn't come from the numbers in your bank account but your abilities and your skills to create numbers in your bank account right so I left my nine to five another day that is seared in my memory of telling my boss that actually I was quitting and I was going out on my own and my gosh those first few months of having my own business were, were, you know, I really had to ground into my capabilities and my de- my desire and my commitment to this bet on joy. And we are at three years later and I have never made a better bet in my life. Well, except for the last one that I'm going to tell you about. <laughs> I've never made a better bet in life. It has paid off a zillion fold, not just in the joy that it has given me in the the utter like shift in how I feel about my days because I'm fascinated by, by what I do and interested in what I do and I love my clients, but also financially, in the first year and the, all the years subsequently, I made 20% more than I did in my nine to five. Just going to show you, you have no idea what's going to happen on the other side. Which then brings me to my last bet on joy. And that was to have my son. Now, if you are following me on Instagram, you will know this already. But just to recap, I never wanted kids. It was never in my plans. It was literally never even in my mind. I didn't grow up as a little girl who played with dolls or like babies. And I was like, oh, one day I'll have a family. No, that was like so not me. I was like, oh, I'm going to have dogs. (laughs) And my husband was the same way. And when we got married, we were very much aligned on like, nope, no kids. And as the years went by, we both started to, luckily for both of us, we both started to evolve and change in our attitude towards kids. But it was more of a question and not a desire. It was more a, well, what if? Like, what would that actually be like? Do we want kids? And I call having my son my greatest bet on joy ever because I wasn't even betting on the assuredness of the joy, the sort of joy that I could feel pretty confident that I would feel and I just wasn't sure if it would logistically work out. No, I was betting on if it would feel joyful to me, on the potential for feeling joy. And here's what I mean. When I considered having a baby, I could very clearly see and feel all of the, the quote-unquote negative parts, right? The sleep deprivation, the uh, more complicated logistical merry-go-round, the mental load, the fatigue, the wedge driven between you and your partner, right? like all the things people talk about, those f- felt very real to me. They felt tangible to me. But what I really couldn't grasp, interestingly enough, was the joy. Because in order for those things to be worth it, the joy would have to be pretty darn big. And I just couldn't picture that, truly. It wasn't tangible for me. But I was interested and had desire in the potential of experiencing that kind of big joy. And what I didn't like was making a decision from a place of, ugh, like, I don't, I don't want the sleep deprivation. I don't want it to be hard, right? For me, not saying that there is a, there is a right or wrong decision here or reasoning here. But for me, I was like, oh, that's not where I want to place my bets. I don't want to place my bets on comfort and stability and sort of the ease of not rocking the boat. I want to bet on joy. But in this instance, I don't even know what that joy looks like. And so for this last one, it really felt like placing a blind bet on the big, the potential for the bigness of joy, for joy so big that I, I hadn't even experienced it and couldn't even fathom it. and that, And that was terrifying. I, this wasn't a scenario in which you can be like, well, you know, I can just, you know, return the baby if I don't like it, right? This was a full-on commitment to finding that joy. And I truly believe that placing these other two larger bets on joy in my life for the teach, taking the yoga job and starting my business really prepared me for the commitment to continuing to seek out and search For and create the joy that I was looking for. Because my goodness, I certainly found it. And having my son is truly the best bet on joy that I have ever, ever placed in my entire life. And it has paid off ah, beyond my wildest dreams, literally because I couldn't even dream it. Right? But in that instance, I went through my entire pregnancy really being able to tangibly feel feel all the fear and the dread and the sadness and the unknown without a lot of the joy being present. And I had to simply place my faith, for lack of a better word, in my ability to find the joy. And that became my lens once I became a mom. And it was not easy, let me tell you. That first year for me was very rocky, but I had very much committed to making this bet pay off and that was my lens looking for the joy seeking the joy finding the joy and it came easier and easier and easier and then about a year in maybe about 13 months in it exploded and I'm like oh I get it I get it and this is the type of joy that you can't even fathom. F- fathom? No, fathom <laughs> for me, right? But it took commitment. And so, when I think about what it takes to bet on joy, to create a life where you're like, "Hey, I'm putting all my chips on joy," and I, you know, we're gonna see where that goes. The components that I have pulled out from these three standout experiences are number one, listen to that little seed of desire. When it's present, that seed of desire is the thing that you want to follow. Number two, when following that desire in the face of fear and uncertainty and the potential for instability, really ground into your own capabilities and skills and qualities. That's what it means to have your own back, to build self-trust, to tell yourself, no matter what, I'm going to figure it out. There's simply no way that I'm not going to figure it out. And three, when in doubt about where you want to place your bets for your life, you get to ask yourself, would I feel good about myself when placing my bets in this pile or this pile? Right? I'm speaking about whether or not to have my son I it was like well, I could place my bets on this you know on joy which I can't really see or on this sort of stability and ease and comfort and not rocking the boat that I, I can see and I I knew I didn't want to live my life from that place so I went the other way <laughs> and that then required a commitment to see it through Right? For the thing that I was seeking to become my lens. For that to be the thing that I was constantly looking for and creating for myself. And trusting that I was going to figure this out too. right? No matter what was on the other side. So... My hope in sharing these examples in this podcast is in, to encourage you to just become aware of and start to examine where am I making my decisions from? Who's driving the car? Right? It's as if all of your emotions and sensations are with you in like a minivan, right? And for most of my life, fear and stability were holding the wheel and like joy was taking a snooze in the backseat. And then I was like, wait, like I don't like how this is going. I don't like the direction that you're taking me. And so there was still fear and stability in the car. It's just that I had pulled over and said, hey, Joy, wake up. You're going to drive now. All right? This isn't to say that there wasn't fear and you know, anxiety as I was doing these things, but Joy was leading. I was betting on Joy. I was asking Joy to take the lead and trusting myself that if I followed that, I would figure it out no matter what happens. So this is my little nudge for you to not ignore the seeds of your desires, to start to listen to those whispers, to ground into your own capabilities, your qualities, and your skills, and to practice a sense of commitment to yourself that you are going to live the way that you want to live from the place that you want to live, being driven by the feelings that you want to drive your life and as always when you want support with that a guide in that coaching is the way to turn those muddy murky sort of unknown unclear feelings and sensations and thoughts into reality and action and next steps. So when you are ready I am here and eager to be your coach. And until next week, I am sending you so much love. Thank you so much for listening. My hope is that every single one of these episodes brings you closer to a life that feels better to you on your insides. And if you're looking for more, you can find tons of tools and tips, ideas, and perspectives on my Instagram at ElizabethTheJoyCoach. And if you're curious about working together personally, you can find out more info about that on my website, which is linked in the show notes. And don't forget to rate and review this podcast wherever you are listening so that more people can join the joy revolution and get out from underneath the heaviness of adulting.